Welcome to Insights. This is Paul Ellis, Managing Director of Ellis Wealth Management, where we encourage you to invest in what you love. Ellis Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm focused on planning, advice, coaching, and investment management. We are dedicated to the families we serve, and we encourage you to invest in what you love. Within Insights, we look at ways to make our world richer through focusing on sharing, and developing human capital. All right, what a great, great day it is in the beautiful and very chilly Pacific Northwest. We are... In the month of November, Thanksgiving Day is coming up, and we are going to continue with our Family Wealth Series with our good friends James Bergeron and Brian Beret. How you doing, guys? Doing really well, Paul, and it's great to be with you again. I know we are now closing in on the end of the year, and it's been a fun ride so far as for the different topics that we've addressed and things that we've gone through, and I'm anxious to spend some time with you today again. Excellent. How you doing, Brian? Doing well. Like Jim said, end of the year. It's crazy how fast it's approaching. And before we know it, I think we'll be on to next year. But doing well. Can't complain. Well, listen, I came across some fun facts regarding Thanksgiving, and I just wanted to share them real quick. The first fact was that the first Thanksgiving in 1521, I believe, was a three-day festival. It was three days, not just one. It was attended by 50 pilgrims and 90 90 Indians and uh, Native Americans. And I think a lot of people would love to have a three-day weekend over Thanksgiving. It's really rough if you've got to cook everything on one day, (laughs) eat, and then be back to work. So I thought that was a fascinating idea uh, that they had originally, and maybe if we can get back to that. That would be beneficial for everyone. The second that, uh, thing that I, I came across was the song Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells was written in 1857, and it was originally entitled One Horse Open Sleigh, and it was meant to be a Thanksgiving song. But people fell in love with it and really got into singing it around December, and... Uh, Hence, it was changed to Jingle Bells and is a Christmas song. And then the final fact that I found fascinating is that football. Football is often on TV during Thanksgiving. And um, the first football game on Thanksgiving was a college game in 1876, Yale versus Princeton. And the first professional game was the Akron Pros being victorious over the Canton Bulldogs. So there you have it. Food, football, fun. And if we can get a three-day weekend out of it, uh, you know, let's let's push for that. I wholeheartedly agree. Well, let's talk today. We've got some really important things as we're kind of wrapping up the series. Uh, we've Last time we talked about how to educate family members, uh, what would education entail, the application through different family members' lives, 
Uh, we looked at the th- components, three components, the financial, the intellectual, and uh, the stewardship component to wealth. And today, we want to talk about the legal ladder and trust and attorney planning for, for 2024, and then the thankfulness for a life invested. So let's talk about the legal ladder to begin with. Jim, as an attorney, I know that you have some thoughts on that and uh, how people choose an attorney, the different ways they can engage an attorney, and uh, things to think about as they're, as they're putting these ideas, concepts, and insights into action. Thanks again. I really appreciate the opportunity, Paul. And, and you're right. I mean, we've talked about a fair amount. Uh, and even if we go back to some of those first sessions where we we discussed that notion of what is a legacy and what is wealth and that it's more than just the economic resources. Uh, in that second session, we talked about the four corner documents of an estate plan. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that session, because in that session, we talk about those four important cornerstone documents to a valid estate plan. And Paul, your point now is, okay, we've gotten now this information, we start to put this in place. And how do we choose the professionals that we're working with? And I, I think that's a really important part of this process. From my standpoint, I look at a couple of different alternatives and really at the end of the day, what you're going to hear from me is that you as an individual have to be comfortable with the resource that you're working with. And certainly over the last number of years, there has been a proliferation of online resources available to help individuals and to help families put an effective estate plan in place. And I have to say, at the outset, when we were just seeing those resources come online, I really didn't feel comfortable with them. I would say that's changed. I would say that it's morphed to the point where there are some really good resources out there. And we might talk about a couple of those today, Paul. But at the end of the day, I would also suggest that on their own, it still may not provide you as an individual and your family the best approach to what your legacy needs to include and what your cornerstone document should include. I do think that there is still a place and a really valid reason why you might want to interact with a planning professional, a state planning attorney. Now, the question is, how, how do you go about finding them? Well, there are a lot of different ways. And I would start with some of the more obvious, maybe by way of referral, if you know individuals, if you've got colleagues or family friends, for instance, that have worked with an estate planning attorney that they regard highly, maybe it's worth spending some time with that individual. And most estate planning attorneys, those that are worth their salt, are willing to spend some time on the front end as an introductory discussion, sharing with you a bit of how they work with individuals, maybe sharing based upon your thoughts some initial ideas. But I would suggest maybe starting with that notion of ask for a referral from family members, from friends, maybe planning professionals that you're working with directly. Then spend some time talking with them. In terms of exploring a little bit further, maybe you get that name of an individual. And Paul, one of the things that we always suggest, even within the investment community, is 
Once you have a name of an estate planning attorney, do a search for them online. See what their business looks like, their face to the field from an online standpoint. What's their website look like? What are the things that they suggest are important as a part of that process? And embedded in that, you'll likely see some different qualifications. When I'm thinking about individuals from an estate planning standpoint, I want to know that they've spent time working in that arena, that they have the background and the experience. And you might couple some of that online research up with some different sources. For instance, Martindale Hubble is a great opportunity to do some background research on, an, on individual attorneys. It'll share with you the areas that they specialize in. If you are specifically interested in finding truly an estate planning professional attorney, those that specialize in that area, another resource that you might want to look, look at, something called the American College of Trust and Estate Council. Its acronym is ACTEC. And if you go to that site, and I think it's actually ACTEC.org, you'll find arranged by way of geography, individuals that have been invited in to this group that specialize in estate planning. They are some of the best of the best. Now, as specialists, they're likely going to be at the higher end of the cost spectrum. But from that standpoint, it will give you really good comfort that these individuals are well-versed. So a couple of different areas. We know that there might be some online resources. I would suggest maybe thinking about getting some referrals from some individuals. And Paul, one of the best things to do is as you start to narrow that field of choices down, maybe just spend 15 or 30 minutes with one or two of those professionals to get a sense for, do you click? Do you work well or do you think you might work well together? What are your thoughts, Paul? Well, I think having choices is really a benefit. And one can do things online. There's companies like a legal Zoom type of company, and there's a particular cost associated with that. And you type in and you get back and that's it. Then there are hybrids where there's attorneys that are willing to work with you, but on your own time, maybe via you know, a Zoom call or a Teams call, and there's some back and forth and things are done via FedEx versus driving in and, and sitting down. Then, of course, then there's the personal attorney where you're, you're sitting down teacup to China teacup and having discussions. And it, it just depends. It depends for each person what is going to fit with their needs, their budget, and once again, you know, their comfort level. But there is something about sitting down with someone across the table or side by side where some of the questions that you may have can be answered in multiple different ways or some of the questions that an attorney may have or that would be on a, a regular form over the internet, there may be more ways to flush out certain questions, certain thoughts, and get to a more detailed and nuanced answer. And I think that that really comes into play when you have face-to-face -face contact with people. So I really lean towards 
sitting down with a person. If you if it has to be over the you know Zoom or web conference, okay. But if you can also do it teacup to teacup, that's my personal preference. And Paul, maybe as an extension to that, I, because I would tend to agree uh, that having that opportunity to interact directly, and we do now live in an age in which doing it virtually versus in person, sometimes it's almost interchangeable. Uh, but at the same time, having that direct interaction makes absolute sense. And I'll give you maybe a couple of reasons why. The first we talked about in one of our earlier sessions, the idea of within those four corner documents, starting to identify roles that individuals will play in that estate plan. And as a part of putting a will in place, for instance, you are at some point going to have to select an executor or personal representative. And again, really good online resources and formulated documents will outline that maybe even provide a little bit of guidance to you about what that role entails. But having the ability to sit with a, a, an attorney in person or virtually, likely what you'll also hear is some additional background, what the role entails, what its responsibilities are. Things like, for instance, identifying all potential creditors, accumulating passwords, giving an individual a sense for the fact that there's a real work effort involved with it. And the other thing that you would get from that professional, that attorney directly, something you're not going to get from an online resource is the idea of then in turn customizing that to your family. For instance, perhaps you've got multiple kids, maybe as an example, three children, all adults, all married with their own spouses. And when you go through the process of, of selecting that executor, you might be encouraged to identify a particular individual, maybe a family member. You can select one of those children. Again, as long as they understand what that role entails, perfectly fine. Part of what Paul and I have talked about in the past, though, is that notion of also recognizing unintended messages being sent. And in that document, if you select one child from maybe amongst three, there is the potential that that sends an unintended message to those other two children. A message maybe that you're not necessarily thinking about, but it's the role of that estate planning professional to point out. For instance, have you considered that message that might come from this? And given the fact that it's an estate document, you may not be around to communicate the rationale and reasons why. So let's contemplate that ahead of time rather than leaving those other two children to think on their own potentially that maybe they weren't considered good enough to play that role unlikely that that's the case, but that's one of those examples. And having the opportunity, Paul, to maybe spend some time with an individual, planning attorney directly, they'll start to point out those types of decisions and potential issues and do that across the full domain of the estate plan. Well, I agree. I agree. And this should be a dynamic exercise as you're thinking about your entire family. You're putting pen to your legacy. And so you want to do that in a manner that is going to complete your concerns as intended. Would you agree with that? I do. At the end of the day, Paul, you know, part of this really revolves around what we've been talking about throughout this series. 
that wealth and legacy more than just financial resources, more than just the objective facts, but it includes the ability to inject other thoughts into that process, other goals. We spent some time talking about, for instance, that family GPS or guiding principle statement and the idea that that can outline wishes. Well, that's part of, again, the role of an estate planning attorney is in looking at that piece that you've put together, it will help them to distill down and filter the options that are available to you. And there are a lot. In a moment, maybe we'll spend some time talking about some upcoming changes in the estate uh, law that will impact individuals directly. But again, the idea of that estate planning attorney is to contemplate those future changes, your current situation, what you consider to be the value that your family exhibits, and to distill that into the choices that are available to you, the types of trusts, for instance, the types of documents. And within those documents, again, things that you may not initially think about and are certainly not a part of an online form resource. And that's the role of the state planning attorney. And as we keep saying, there's a balance in all of this. And cost is one of those balancing factors. But at the end of the day, I believe very strong in the fact that this is something that you want to make sure you get right. So let's talk about some of the planning ideas and some of the changes that are coming up in 2024. Well, you know, a couple of things that are, are starting to come to light. And at the federal level, we haven't talked an awful lot about taxes and tax planning, but there is a tax component to an estate plan. And you may know, for instance, that at the federal level, there is an estate tax that may be due and payable. Now that said, that estate tax is not due and payable until you get to about $26 million in asset value. That's a really high number. And that's the number for this year. In fact, next year, it'll get indexed for inflation up a little bit higher. So it will be north of that particular number. Now, part of what we're going to see in terms of changes, though, in the next couple of years is that a state number, that exemption amount, the amount that you can pass without having to pay an estate tax, is going to be reduced rather dramatically. And the rationale for it, there was a, an act, a tax act passed in 2017 that elevated that estate exemption level, that $26 million factor that I'm talking about combined between a husband and wife to a level that is as high as it has ever been. In fact, higher than it has ever been. Well, that number is set to come down starting in 2026 by way of that very same tax act contemplating that, and as a result, starting to think about what the impact of that tax law change is on your estate plan. Again, that's the role of an estate planning professional, estate planning attorney. And then starting to filter, for instance, the types of documents that might make sense for you. That number, as I said, between spouses at $26 million right now is set to be cut in half starting in 2026. And unless we see some legislative activity to extend that higher amount, 
it is going to come down, which means that more and more individuals will likely be impacted by it. And the final piece that I'll say here before uh, asking for some of your thoughts, Paul, is that that number, while it seems really high from an estate standpoint, $26 million right now between spouses, about $13 million per individual. And if that gets cut in half, you're talking about maybe $6 million per individual. Still a relatively high number. But keep in mind, it's the value of everything that you own at death. All of your liquid assets, all of the real estate, all of the tangible property that you own, artwork, collections, it includes, for instance, the death benefit of life insurance that you own directly. So it gets relatively easy to get closer to that $6 million factor. And that's the role of an estate planning attorney is to make sure that as a part of your specific plan, it contemplates those changes. And as a result, takes best advantage of what's available both today and over the course of the coming years. And it's not just the federal tax level. You need to be aware of the state tax level. And so a a good plan with a good attorney and a well-crafted plan, estate plan, can help you navigate both. This represents your life's decisions, your work, your dreams, your hopes. And so you want to pass that on to the individuals or charities that you decide And the choice is yours, right, Paul? At the end of the day, that choice is absolutely yours. Making that choice in an informed fashion is one of the best things that you can do as part of your overall estate plan. Talked about an awful lot today in terms of just identifying resources that can help you put that four-corner document plan in place. We talked about, for instance, the idea of identifying resources, maybe by way of referral from friends or family members, utilizing online resources, maybe to do some of that research and research directly. But at the end of this, that discussion, that set of choices and the decisions are all yours to make. It's part of the benefit of this process. But at the end of the day, it's also responsibility. And that responsibility includes making sure that you're working with individuals that can help you along the way to help you identify, for instance, not just the patently obvious issues and or opportunities, but where there might be opportunity to start to combine some goals together. And Paul, one of the things that we talk an awful lot about is the idea that along with wealth comes that responsibility that may include education. In our last session, we talked about, you outlined, the hallmarks of a wealth education program. But the estate plan provides an additional opportunity to start to set some of those goals, that educational process, to set it in concrete, to utilize different capabilities. We talked about things like donor-advised funds, for instance, and their capabilities. And at the end of the day, it provides a way of benefiting a charity or charities or social programs that you might feel strongly about But maybe even more powerfully, it's that opportunity to make sure that there's a passing of the values, notions around stewardship and responsibility that are important to you and to your family, to those next generations. Again, the role of the estate planning professional 
is to distill down the options to those that make most sense to you and to your family. Agreed. Nuveen is working with Ellis Wealth Management for this podcast, but there's some components that Nuveen wants to make sure that everyone understands. Would you be willing to share that again? Sure, we'll do so here. This material is not intended to be a recommendation or investment advice, and it doesn't constitute a solicitation to buy, sell, or hold a security or an investment strategy, and is not provided in a fiduciary capacity. The information provided does not take into account specifics or objectives or circumstances of any particular individual or family or suggest any specific course of action. Investment decisions should be made based on your individual objectives and circumstances and in consultation with your advisors. The views and opinions expressed here are for informational and educational purposes only as of the date of the production and may change without notice at any time based upon numerous factors such as market or other conditions. Additional risks and uncertainties may not come to pass, and so as a result, you have to consider these as informational discussions directly. Nuveen does not provide uh, legal or tax-based information. Nuveen provides investment advisory solutions through its investment specialists. Agreed. It's it's important to know your options, and it's important to, you know, really put a nice bow on a life well lived and sharing those values with those you love. And that's why it's so important to take this time together. And, you know, during the Thanksgiving season, it's a good opportunity as well to have good conversations and just remind ourselves of the blessings that we have, the blessings that others are to us, and then the blessings that we can design forward. Does that make sense? Well said, Paul. Uh, and I, I think that's for us part of this overall process and just making sure that we provide that point of view, that keeping in mind what's important, keeping in mind what wealth, what legacy means, the fact that there are a lot of opportunities embedded in that and, and you've worked hard. You've worked hard to obtain that opportunity to make those choices. Now it's a matter of starting to pull all of that, all of that together. From my standpoint, hopefully you found some of what we talked about today helpful as we start to wrap up this series around putting in place an effective wealth plan. I couldn't say it better. I couldn't say it better. And that's that's where we're going to end today. I want to encourage everyone to have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the month. And let us remind you to always invest in what you love.